Hey, everyone. Welcome to my show. It's Tiffany Blackman, my so-called fabulous. It's so great to talk to you today and see you, those of you on YouTube. So great, so great, so great. So today we're going to talk to you about women and entrepreneurship. And I am so excited for you to meet my guest today, Michelle Petrie. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Oh, my goodness. It's so glad to. I'm just so excited. I can't wait to tell you how I met this girl. But <laughs> she is designer, dreamer, and founder of the original Pink Soul Texie Boots. Yep. And everyone, I I wish I had mine to hold, but she has hers on. But they are a pink bottom sole, and they are cool. They are so fabulous. We, this morning, just did a photo shoot, my daughter and I, with Audrey Dollins, with your boots. And it, I, mean, I can't even... I saw some sneak peeks, and you guys looked amazing. Isn't it fabulous? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So wonderful. So the original pink sole. So I'm going to back up, and we're going to drive you there on a bus. But we're going to start <laughs> out. I want to tell you how I met this woman. Um... I was scrolling through Instagram like like we all do. And yeah. I know we were talking about social media, but but um how strong strengths and weaknesses. But um we I was going through on a Sunday afternoon and I just said, I am starting to be bold in my old age yeah. in my fifty five years. You're rocking it. Oh, well, you're sweet. Thank you so <laughs> much. I appreciate it because I'm in a sea of youngsters yeah. in this in this industry. But I was looking through and I'm starting to put myself out there a little bit. And I just said in, in your feed, you had a beautiful photo and I said, gosh, I would love to see you on my feed, your boots on yeah. my feed. No kidding. 30 minutes to an hour later, she direct messages me and said, who handles your, your brand? And, and we went through that whole thing. And of course, you know, Audrey, yeah. and that's how I met you. I'm just so excited. It's a small world. It's a tiny little world, yeah. isn't it? Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Okay. So you are from East Texas and you said Longview area, and yeah. I'm super familiar with that. So Longview. So tell me, you, did I read that you had a scholarship, full ride scholarship? Yeah. For volleyball. You're kidding. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about that. Did you dive into volleyball in college or? Well, I had played volleyball since I was seven, pretty competitively. Right. My parents said, we're not paying for your college, but we'll pay for you to play on a traveling team year round. And you're going to have to earn yourself a scholarship. Yeah. And you did. <laughs> and I did. And you did. Did yeah. you play? Did you? Yeah. I played one semester and I was. <laughs> one and done. <laughs> dating somebody long distance. Oh no. Who we <laughs> wanted to get married. Really? Yeah. We had met at a church camp when we were 15 and 17. Your eyes are getting big, just like my mother's did. <laughs> wait, wait, back up. Yes. Okay. And so, uh, I gave up my scholarship and moved Michelle. all of my things. You're kidding me. Yeah. To Chicago. My daughter's in the booth. Let's not do that. Okay. Let's not do that. Okay. And, uh, you know, when you're young and in love, you think that, you know what I mean? That it's going to work out. Sure. Perfectly. Him and I started a business together and that was really successful, but I gave it to him as a parting gift in exchange for my freedom paper seven years later. And Michelle, a parting <laughs> gift is a set of towels. <laughs> Not a flipping business. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? I want it out. So. Uh, yes. Well, then there's that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until after that divorce and actually having time energy to be able to put towards taxi boots. Because I had always, I had the dream of doing taxi boots since I was 19 years old. But we were so immersed in our own business that he didn't want anything to take my focus away from 
what we were trying to accomplish. Right. And so I just kind of put it on the back burner, but it was on Michigan Avenue at 19 when I got the idea you for Texie Boots. Okay. So you are 19 years old. Yes. You're married. Yes. Okay. And then you have a business, Way to Go, which started, this is launching what you wanted to do yeah. in your life. But you have a business, you have a a divorce. Yeah. And hey, I've had a few, so I get it. It's okay. I, you know, I always say there's one gimme. Yeah. There's a gimme. At the yeah, that was my gimme. <laughs> that was your gimme. So um, that one divorce. So then you're in Chicago. Yeah. So tell me you, okay, the, the boot, okay, everyone go to texyboots.com and go to Texas at Texas boots for her Instagram. And first of all, the feed is ridiculously gorgeous. She's on there. Pink hair. Yeah. To match the pink soul. I had pink hair for six years. And that's a whole nother story. It was an accident when it happened. Oh, dear. And then I ended up launching a brand with it. So it worked out great. Are you kidding? Okay. All right. We're going back to the, okay, <laughs> we had the divorce. No, but I want to hear the pink hair story. I don't want to, I don't want So you were in Chicago and what business, what type of business did you and he have? So it was Amway, which is multi-level marketing. Yes. Yes. And okay. it's still as weird today as it was back then. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my so gosh. Selling people stuff they don't need. Exactly. But, um, we were really successful with it. I was able to quit my corporate job at 22. He mm -mm. quit his corporate job at 23. Mm -mm. And we were some of the youngest people in that business at the time to do that. So we had fun. We were 22, 23 years old with Chicago, no jobs in Chicago. Oh my gosh. What a fun town. Oh, freezing. I mean, I'm a small town girl. So for me, Chicago was, a stretch. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, so Amway, going back to Amway, yes, yeah. you know, you were at a point in your life where you just go, go, go. And of course, yeah. you probably at that, isn't timing, a lot of it timings a yeah. lot, right? Yeah. I mean, so you were timing that perfectly. Okay. So you had always dreamed of these fabulous boots. And so can I tell you how I had that spark? I did. I, I wish you would. I think you'd love the story. Mm -hmm. I was on Michigan Avenue and I had like $5 in my bank account at the time. Oh. And so I was just window shopping. I was just dreaming. <laughs> and then all of a sudden this girl walked out of Chanel with bags full of, I mean, every Dior, I just pick a designer. She had them and she looked so beautiful and she started crossing the street and it looked like something out of a Chanel commercial. Right. And the second I saw her, it sparked. I said, I want to design something someday to where when I'm just shopping down the street, I see women wearing something that I designed. Oh my goodness. I love that. And I said, I was in Chicago at the time. I said, so I want it to be something about Texas. I was like, maybe I'll do boots mm -hmm. and I want it sexy and Texan. Ooh, I'll call them Texy boots. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love that story. Yeah. And that, you know, that made an impression on you, of yeah. course. Okay. The pink hair, because if, again, <laughs> on her photo feed, on your feed, yeah. beautiful feed. Now, if I did pink hair, I, you could do it. Oh, well, you know, who knows? I mean, who knows what I'll do next? You never but, know when an accident's going to happen and <laughs> you leave you a do? salon with pink hair. So I had bright flame red hair at the time. You did. Yes. And I wanted to go bleach blonde. And when I went in, she bleached my hair. Well, it turned orange, like pumpkin neon orange, like oh, a no. neon pumpkin. And she was like, well, maybe I can do brown and next time we can go blonde. And I said, I came in here with aerial hair. I don't want to leave with brown hair. No. And I had this hot pink rabbit, a fake rabbit for a keychain, mm -hmm. just a big poof ball. And she looked at it and goes, or we could just dye it pink like the keychain. And I said, yes, that's a great idea. 
And then she tried to talk me out of it for 30 minutes thinking oh, no. I'm going to regret it. Right. And I was like, let's go pink. Let's like, do it. The worst that can happen is I'll have to wear wigs. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and that's perfect because your photos and your pink bottom shoe, I, I mean, big pink bottom boots. I mean, yep. it's perfect. Yeah. Okay. And then what made you go now you're blonde. So what made you say, you know what? That's enough. So I went blonde in phases. I bleached the pink to blonde, but then I still left some pink highlights in. And then, you know what? To walk into a room with bright pink hair, and I worked very corporate jobs up until a year ago. So when you walk into a corporate boardroom or corporate setting, everybody's staring at you like, who's the chick with pink hair? Right. And I was like, I just want to feel what it feels like to feel normal <laughs> and have a normal colored hair. Oh, and I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. I have a friend that had, when I met her, it was, she, she, she actually works with us and she interviewed with dark black hair. Mm -hmm. And then she came in the next week with hot pink hair. <laughs> and I, it she, happens. <laughs> she sent me a text while she was, while I was driving and I didn't answer. And she's like, you hate it, don't you? And I said, I'm so sorry. No, I love it and embrace it because I wish I could do that, but I don't know. I don't know. I just got mine, the gray's all taken out of it here. It looks so. good. Well, thank you, because it's about a week old. So, <laughs> Okay, so you were in Chicago, and $5 in your bank account, we've all been there. Yep. Golly, that's such a feeling. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. So tell me about, what were you doing? So you were newly divorced, and... So I moved back to Texas into my family's house until, <laughs> yeah, I know, and uh, did the whole couch sleeping thing to figure out... What am I going to do? And I just wanted to be close with my family while I was going through the divorce because it was the only thing familiar sure. to me after walking away from eight years of everything else that was familiar. And, uh, and I took a corporate job. I hadn't had to work a corporate job. So I took a corporate job as the vice president of marketing for a trade show management company. And I wanted to still do Texi boots. So when I would come home at night, I had bought used boots off of eBay and Etsy and wherever else I could find used boots. I don't know why I bought used boots. And then I would add sparkles to them, like Schwartzky crystals to them, and then try to resell them on my Texi Boots Facebook page. Right. So I would leave my corporate job at five and go home and add sparkles to boots until 8 p.m. And it wasn't until um, I took my... I left that job. Dating a CEO is never a good idea. <laughs> this is true. Mm -hmm. So that ended up in a breakup and a loss of that job. And it wasn't until I started working oh, no. at CEO of the company. Yeah. Okay. Then there's that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Not a good idea. And the plot gets more interesting. Uh oh, thickens. Okay. <laughs> Until I left that job and took a job at Poopery Corporate yes. that I learned about the world of manufacturing. And I was like, oh, I could have somebody actually manufacture my boots versus me being an 80-year-old little lady who have sold 10 pairs because it takes me 80 hours to do one pair right. of boots. Oh, my gosh. And no one wanted to buy used boots anyway. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is so great. So, Poopery, are you still involved at all? No. The owner, Susie Batiste, uh -huh. one of my boots called The Fly Girl is yes. dedicated to her because when she hired me, she was like, I know this is just going to be a stepping stone in your career. Um, you need to get out there and fly girl. She kept telling me, you need to get out there and fly. And the second Ugh. I told her about Texi boots, she was so supportive. And so I dedicated that pair of boots to beautiful. her. Kind of yeah. a charcoal, uh, dark gray. Yeah. And oh, it's beautiful. looks like wings. Yeah. It's got it the little wings cut out in the back. She always told me just fly. Everyone, you've got to go to that website and that Instagram. Those boots are fabulous. Okay. So you were there and you're right. You know, that is a great 
mentorship, I guess you could say. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because when we hire people, I know the people on my team right now, I don't want to lose them, yeah. but it would be be it would be selfish of me to hold people back. Absolutely. You know, and for her to say, this is a stepping stone for mm -hmm. you, you know, because she was training you, she was mentoring you, spending yeah. the time and money, you know how much, it, yeah. you know. So when you were there, you just learned all about manufacturing, right? Yeah. Well, I, I learned with also a lot of things about selling products into retail stores. Cause that's kind of what I ended up doing. The funny thing is I got hired to be her an executive assistant. And I said, you know, even if I'm sweeping this woman's floors, I'm going to learn so much from her. She just landed on the Forbes top 100 wealthiest self-made oh women gosh. in America. So I was like, even if I'm doing coffee orders, it will be worth it. But, um, I was really bad at being an executive assistant. I guess there is such thing as being overqualified. There is. <laughs> 1,000%. So after a few uh, double booked flights and missed hair appointments, I found myself in the sales department. Oh, no. <laughs> and I think that was her way of saying, I like you, so I'm not going to fire you, exactly. but I'm going to give you one more chance somewhere Isn't that else. Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, and it just makes you, you know, having women like that in your life and men, of course, but that mentor you and yeah. that guide you and show you the way. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And that's, that's what I hope everyone has or can be, yeah. you know, absolutely. I'm, I know. Okay. So you went from poopery. I love that stuff. So I ended <laughs> up, yes, the spray before you go toilet spray. The funny thing is how I heard about that product is I was in Ulta and Ulta at the checkout line, you know, where you spend mm -hmm. yes. hundreds of dollars just waiting, just waiting. Just waiting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I saw this bottle that had tester on it and I was like, Ooh, perfume. And oh, so no. I picked it up and I had a poop spritz spray extravaganza <laughs> all over me uh -uh. until I realized I have just sprayed poop spray sprayed my body with poop spray. With poop spray. Okay. I have to ask you this because I, I, I may be inaccurate, but is it that you spray it in the toilet? Yes. You do. You spray before you go You spray, okay. and no one else will ever know. <laughs> Spray before you know. Spray before you go. Spray before. Okay, we got to we got to make sure Paul gets that. Spray before you go. Okay, because that needs to be a clip, <laughs> <laughs> and nobody else will ever we'll know. know. Okay, so that you you just learned so much. I did. And then you then what happened? So I ended up resigning there. I took a job back in Chicago with a company that sold socks mm -hmm. and Chicago was the one place I swore I would never go again after my divorce. And wow. God has a funny sense of humor. Sometimes he took never me, say never, never say never. He took me right back to Chicago. And as the vice president of the sales for that company, I mean, I was on over 180 flights helping them sell products into retail stores. And that was in one year. Mm -mm. And so it was very stressful. I slept maybe three to four hours a night working 18, 20 hour days. And all the while, my corporate job, I always used to self-fund my dream of taxi boots right. because I mean, it takes money to make money and manufacturing boots is not cheap. Right. So I was working that much so I could keep taxi boots alive and keep growing. So let me ask you a question. And I hope I have, I have a, a demographics of my listeners are very young women. Yeah. And, um, I have a high percentage that are like my daughter, um, in college about to embark on their careers. You know, I would have to say it's, it's not like it used to be. If you're not happy, 
move on. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. even, you know, and I think they, I, I don't know if you call it this anymore, but the golden handcuffs, you make so much money and you have so many benefits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after a while, um, a friend of mine I had on recently, she has her own company and she's lost so much weight. She's, yeah. I mean, it affects your marriage and yeah. your family and she just can't, you, you can't determine how to quit. Right. Yeah. Until you get fired. <laughs> Exactly. And then there's that, right? So that was my story. Yeah. So I, you were driving, you were home seeing your mom for Mother's Day, for right? For Mother's Day. Right. And literally as I was getting ready to pull into my hometown, I got a phone call on a Friday evening. It was like 6 p.m. I was like, that's weird. She knows I'm going home for Mother's Day. Why would she be calling me? And then they broke the news that I guess when you help a smaller company scale past their ability to scale, Mm-mm. yeah, which they hired me, you know, to sure. do, to make the money. Right. But they also had to pay for the manufacturing of all the products that I had sold, mm-hmm. which meant my position was no longer necessary. necessary. So yeah. when you got that phone call, I know you said that you just, you, of course, you just, I, I have been released from my duties um, one time <laughs> in a, my career and it was a heavy career and yeah. was in print publication. I was devastated. I mean, yeah. I was, I was devastated and I was like you traveling everywhere, killing myself. I was trying to get pregnant and once I calmed down, I got pregnant, but yeah. you know, once I was released from my duties, fired basically, yeah. but you know, it was, it, it affected my ego. So when you got yeah. that call, it's devastating, right? I mean, yeah, I was kind of in shock a little bit. Yes. Because you pour everything. I mean, my philosophy always was when you're working for someone, treat it as if you own the company. How would you want your employees to act? That's the way you need to act. Mm-hmm. And so I was giving my blood, sweat, and tears to them. It's, to make it thrive. Right. And so when I got that phone call, I was like, oh my gosh. I have literally poured out everything I possibly could to make you guys successful. How is this even happening right now? I was just kind of in shock. Shock. I was really hurt. Oh, honestly. Yes. Because it's like you could have hired any. I left a lot at Poopery. I mean, I left a lot there. I had a great career. Everything was going great. I, I walked away from a lot to then just turn around and be fired a year later. So when you left Poopery, were you searching for a new job? Were you on a hunt or it just, no, no. I didn't, I wasn't even really planning on leaving, but this company reached out to me Oh wow! and, and when I did my year in review at Poopery, I didn't necessarily feel the level of appreciation that I had wanted to feel. And Susie, the owner, and I are now, we're good friends. You sure. know what I mean? There's no hard feelings whatsoever. And she wasn't even managing the sales department. So right. this responsibility didn't even fall on her. But, um, and then that company reached out and it was the only time that my ears were even remotely open to listening about other opportunities. Right. And I had negotiated in being able to work shows for taxi boots, which would require me to have at least four weeks off through the year. Mm-hmm. And I negotiated being able to work from home, which I didn't have the able, the ability to do when I worked at Poopery. Right. And so the benefits kind of outweighed my current circumstance because I was just going to be be able to have more time wow, and money for, for yeah. taxi boots to make that decision. Because when you, when you lost your job at the company, uh, the sock company, I mean, I'm sure you were compensated very well. And there's, there's that 
financial pressure. Totally. Mm. Every dime was going to fund my dreams. So I'm sitting here going, how in the world am I going to like literally what I thought was my breaking point? It shifted and it became my breakthrough point Mm -mm. because my husband looked at me and said, you know what? Maybe it's time that you start building your own dream instead of helping everybody else accomplish theirs. Right. And he said, I've got your back with this. I've read that in your blog and I love that. You know, you, I know I I was married when I lost my job and I know I had the comforting words too, Mm -hmm. but when I read that, it resonated so much with me. I actually got chills because I, I mean, Adam, your new, your husband now was your fiance at the time. He was my fiance at the time. In California. In California. So you're spread across the United States and you know, you're, you're, I mean, I love that. He said, maybe, maybe this is God letting go, letting you know that it's time to chase your dreams instead of helping everyone else accomplish their dreams. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to figure out, all of us have to determine, are we, are we, and I have so much to say, are we actually having, helping someone else build, build their dreams and, yeah. and complete their dreams? And people ask me, Michelle, all the time at 55, it was 54 at the time. Why are you doing this? What are you doing? My husband just sold his company. He, he's retired. We can travel. We can do all these things, but I have branded people my entire career. Yeah. I work for, for magazine, you know, print publication, still work for a great industry, um, the brief industry, but I was like, I'm not finished. And I still want to, I want to do, I want to see if I can do this, yeah. you know, and I didn't know what the influencing world was like, and, yeah. but I want to do this because I feel like I can tell young men and women and my age as well, kind of my story. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. you are, I mean, yeah. and it's great because you have what you can do. Look, you're sitting here today and you're, you're about to do another photo shoot and we're going to talk about your foundation and, and I, and your, and your conference. But I mean, I'm just so impressed that you're at the time fiance. How old was he at the time? He's, he was 32, 32. So, yeah. okay. We're going to give can you, but you know, I mean, just that is, that is, but that was comforting words to you. He was an absolute godsend. And literally we met two weeks later, we were engaged. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Six months later to the date we were married. So we, he had only actually known me four and a half months before that happened. Wow. So. For- Jeez. <laughs> and you're still together. <laughs> Your eyes are getting big, just Man. like my mom's. <laughs> Whoa, whoa. And you're still together. How long have y'all been married? Almost a year. Almost a year. Yeah. You know what? This is so fresh. I mean, this is, this is all so new. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Great. So did you, do you miss Chicago? Not at all. Do you miss that? What you were doing? Not at all. And how many flights were you taking? Like you logged in a year. In that year, it was was over 180. Oh my stars. I stopped counting because I I knew there was probably only a couple after that, but I was like, that number is ridiculous. At this point, I'm irritated. (laughs) You know, in, in, in a year ago, travel was horrendous. I mean, Mm -hmm. I traveled quite a bit back before 9-11, after 9-11, I kind of calmed down a little bit. Yeah. But um, 
it was so simple. You just walked to the gate. Yeah. I mean, it was so simple. And now we travel. I was telling this, this before the podcast. We travel now and it's just exhausting. But I think you get your rhythm. You do. You know the shoes to wear. You know the bags to take. You know the computer. I mean, yeah. you know the whole thing. But but now that you're not, do you miss that flying at all? <laughs> so as I was flying down here from California, I, being in the airport, I was like, oh, I kind of miss this. And then you've got the flashbacks of yeah. like, no. Almost missing your oh, your flight gosh. and the connecting flights, flights delayed. I'm I can't even tell you how many hours yeah. I spent living in an airport that yeah. year. Yes, and you know I'll never forget one time I was so exhausted and my daughter was so young and I hated leaving her. So I would you know and wait the whole weekend. I'd leave on a Sunday and um, I'd wait till the last minute. And it was the last flight out of Houston, going to Birmingham, Alabama. Oh my goodness. I'm sitting there, Michelle, you know, this blank look, you're sitting there (laughs) watching them last call flight. So-and-so, so-and-so to Birmingham. We're shutting the doors. I'm standing, I'm, I'm staring at, and I missed my flight. Oh my God. I missed my flight. I mean, people, do you not see see me sitting here? I mean, by myself with my little bag, I missed my flight, stayed in the hotel, stayed in whatever random, you know, you've done it. I mean, whatever hotel for the, for Houston airport. And I'm like, I mean, I was like, I've lost my mind. Yeah. My defining moment was when we were in the air and I had to ask the person next to me, where are we going? Oh yeah. Yes. I yes. couldn't even remember what city I was going to. I'm like looking out the window, trying to see a landmark. I'm like, where are we going? Yes. Or get up in the hotel room and like wake up and look outside and go, where am I? Uh-huh. I mean, it's a real thing, girls it and guys. It is a real thing. It is a real thing. Okay. So taxi boots. So tell me what's going on. You started, you, you got married. Did y'all get married in Longview? Um, we actually had a Vegas wedding. Vegas wedding. So we okay. met in Vegas. <laughs> you did? Um, I was there working. How did you meet him? Okay, wait. We missed that whole thing. Oh, you were working a show. I was working a show when I met his sister. And his sister said, you need to meet my brother. Y'all are like the twin of each other. I just kind of blew it off. Yeah, yeah. He messaged me on Instagram two months later, and we just started talking. Well, then we had a phone call. And after that phone call, I saved him in my phone as my future husband. It was like, I just felt this complete peace that like, this is the dude for you. Really? So of course I call my mom. I'm like, mom, I just got off the phone with the guy I'm going to marry. My husband. She's like, well, where did you meet him? I was like, well, I haven't met him yet. Oh no, no. Oh Oh, no. But, um, I was like, but I'm, I'm sure this is the one I'm going to marry. And he was like, I'd love to fly out and meet you. Well, that, month, I was in like eight different States. So I said, we could meet on Syracuse at this day, New York, this day, Las Vegas, this day, or Atlanta this day. And he's like, well, I could do Vegas. I was like, you're going to fly out. And he's like, yeah, I'd love to meet you. So he flew to Vegas You're kidding. just to take me to dinner. And then the next day he bought my wedding ring. You're joking. No. <laughs> oh, my stars. Oh, my stars. I can't believe it. Okay, so Vegas, and then you went back and got had a We went back and eloped in Vegas. And you eloped in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, my Under gosh. the Las Vegas sign. Oh, no. You got the, <laughs> the cheesy sign, I did don't you? It. You did it. Okay, great. Oh, my gosh. I'm that person. <laughs> You're that girl. Yes. Oh, that's great. But he sounds like just, just a jewel. I mean. He has been my complete rock 
I mean, on a foundation where I'm going from working a hundred hours a week down to now I have to try to figure out how to navigate my own business and have that my own time, which really comes down to learning how to manage yourself as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Cause before you're managing everything for everyone else and you've got more on your plate than you can handle, but then to leave the hundred hours a week to then just get to, okay, I have to wake up and what, what do just me, what, what do I do with myself? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of went through a bout of kind of depression, depression a little bit. Right. I think the first thing you experience after telling yourself the truth is depression. Dr. Mm-hmm. Rob Thompson said that quote. And I was like, there's no truer statement because I was experiencing the truth of my new reality. Mm-hmm. And it was, you would think exhilarating, but it was honestly terrifying. Of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. And you know, what I do with myself, I've, yeah. it's a flight and what have I missed? And, you know, and saying goodbye to your, your, your previous career, yes. not, it's, I said career or job. I mean, saying goodbye, not to people or it, but saying goodbye to that life and that lifestyle. Yeah. And, you know, you, you eat airport food and you, 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 you can, you know, you're in a, you're in an airport, you start drinking at 10 AM. I mean, you know, what else are you going to do? You're stuck and you, you, that life of then self healing. And then did you, you know, do you, okay, do I work out? Do I, you know, you probably feel guilty because you didn't have time to do all those things. Right. Well, I always made time to exercise. There's like a few things that I'm really strict about Um, reading, podcasting and exercising almost every day. That's, that's me girl. Yeah. That's me. And you know what? It's, it's, well, it's working for me so far. Yeah. So So far it's working. That's good. So, so so you just had to redefine yourself and re, I mean, and then did you, you just sunk into taxi, book, taxi boots? So I sunk into taxi boots and my corporate job had taught me so much that when I left corporate, I had so many of the brands that I had worked with, <clears throat> worked at, or just, I really just knew them. They reached out to me saying, Hey, are you looking for a job? And I decided there was such a need for people selling products into retail stores, which is what I did for my corporate job. And I said, maybe I should start another company doing that. So I've got another avenue to help fund my taxi boot dream. Right. So I founded Pink and Associates, which is a brokerage and consulting firm, teaching companies how to sell products into retail stores or getting them retail store ready. Right. Um, so once I shifted into that, I had more on my plate. Oh gosh. You went back to your old ways. <laughs> kind of. My mom goes, why do you always bite off more than you can chew? I'm mm-hmm. like, sometimes it tastes better. That's right. That's right. Exactly. You made me this way, right? <laughs> so do you still have Pink and Associates? Yes. Yep. Okay. Explain that again. So I'm sure you had people, like you said, knocking on your door. Were you tempted to go to work for company A, B, C, and D or... No, um, not really, because all I had ever needed was the gift of time and you can't, uh, maybe you could buy that. I don't know. I, I couldn't afford to figure out a way to buy myself time, but my husband looked at me or fiance at the time and he was giving me the blessing of time. Yes. And that was the one thing that I had never had. And I felt like that's all I needed. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't really tempted. I think the carrot that was the most tempting was the time that I needed to grow the business right. and then businesses. Right. And you helped it. So Pink and Associates. So tell me again exactly what you, so are you consultant or? So I do both. 
excuse me, I'll consult if a company is trying to figure out how to launch products into retail stores, whether they're at the idea phase or they already have a product and they want to figure out how to pitch it to Neiman Marcus or Walmart or pick a retailer. Right. Um, And then I'll help them kind of develop the steps that they need to get it retail ready. But then I also broker for them. So there's some companies, very few brands right now, I'm only doing three that I actually physically do the work of reaching out to the retailers and selling it for them. Gotcha. Okay. So you, you, I mean, you, you have, I mean, you could, if, if I wanted to, which I couldn't even tell you, I couldn't tell you anything. (laughs) You know, I, I've talked about this with Audrey before, like starting, you know, with my brand, start, okay, bag, you know, yeah. I'm like, I don't even know what you, how, I mean, where do you have one made? You know, so that's basically, if I had something I wanted to produce, a set of China, mm-hmm. you could find a way to teach me, <laughs> you could teach me how to concept, manufacture, and put it in retail. Yeah. The only part that I don't like about it, so I try not to live there, is in finding a good manufacturer because that's just, depending on what avenue that they're going, it is just a whole animal in and of itself. So I like it when people come to me when they already have done a product sure. and they figured out how to get it produced. But I mean, I, I can't help them. I just choose to live in the, you've got a product. And now how does the buyer actually want to receive information about that product, how to build and develop a pitch deck that actually sells. A lot of people don't do their market research. It's like if they want to create a new necklace line, well, first of all, where do you want to sell it? Where is it currently selling? What is it selling for? Right. What does it look like on the shelves? Is it laying in a box in the jewelry section or is it on uh, the pickables on the walls? Mm-hmm. Like where does it actually live in the store? So the the thought process from start to finish with how the buyer needs to receive it to be open to even purchasing it, I help them take a lot of the guesswork out of it. Oh, and how has, um, we haven't talked about this. Thank goodness I didn't start the show with COVID. Oh my gosh, I've started. I'm so tired I'm of so talking over about it. COVID. I know it. I know it. It's just, and I usually start the show, oh, you know, because it's so, <laughs> but, um, but I mean, and it's so in our face, but how, how does our times that we're in right now affect retail and what you're doing. I mean, how does that affect, is it, because I have a couple of girlfriends that do have lines and they can't get their products because they're from China. Yeah. And I think China's picked back up Uh because I've got one line that I'm working with and we're having everything manufactured in China. Um, I think as of the time of this recording, things are picking back up with getting things manufactured. My taxi boots, they went back into manufacturing and they're, they're made in Mexico, um, on the 15th of May. So I think the manufacturing's ramping back up. But there's a certain side of retail where you have the fashion side, which is the JCPenney's, the Neiman's, and a lot of companies that Bath and Body Works that are all filing bankruptcy. Well, I don't know about Neiman's, but a lot of these companies now. But the retail that is staying is you think about the mass stores, your targets aren't going anywhere. Your Walmarts aren't going anywhere. Your CVS, your Walgreens, your Rite Aids, they're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. So how do you create a product that can live in a retail setting that is not going to die no matter what the economic impact is that's happening. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so many, I don't know if this, this number, but 
for example, Lululemon has just knocked it out of the bar park, ballpark. Yeah. Um, online. Yeah. So online is a thing, right? It really is. We had our best month with Texi Boots oh in gosh. May. No. We did more in May than we did the entire first quarter. And that's in the midst of a pandemic because people are shopping online. Uh They're scrolling on Instagram. They're scrolling on Facebook and what's ever in their face. Consistency breeds continuity. Continuity breeds trust. People buy products that they trust. So yeah, we had a great. Is that amazing? Yeah. God's really been looking out. So we're grateful. I know. And we're ending the month of May. That is phenomenal. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So how do you, you, you said that you've been inspired by the designs that you have. And I have the beautiful, the rustic. Yay. Oh my gosh. I love it. Kennedy (laughs) and I both have, my daughter and I both have it. And um, you're going to see it on my Instagram soon. But, um, how does your, they're so unique. And I want to back up my niece. She, um, she's been in the rodeo circuit. She's, she's a graduate of Texas A&M, Cali Bell. And she, I sent the picture of your, your boot to her, I said, have you ever heard of, of Taxi Boots? This is perfect for you. She goes, yes, I've met her. She's fabulous. She met Aww. you at a trade show or something, Aww, yeah. you know, when she, so um, she's like, she is so precious. Just, she wouldn't know me, but she's just so sweet and I love Aww. her boots. So your boots, tell me what went into the, obviously the poopery, she, she helping was your inspiration, yeah. but what is your inspiration? I mean, the, obviously the Chanel seeing the girl cross the street, but the yeah. tooling is beautiful. So do you do the designs yourself? Yes. Yeah, so one thing I'm not good at is drawing <laughs> and you would think you've got to be good at drawing yeah. when you're creating a fashion line. Mm-hmm. Um, so the crazy thing, craziest things happen when you are in the mode of chasing your dream, because it just so happened I came across this girl right when I was wanting to start on LinkedIn, who said she built tech packs. And I knew that was a key word in manufacturing that I needed to have something designed. So I just sent this random girl a message on LinkedIn saying, hey, if I have an idea for some boot drawings, can you make a manufacturer ready tech pack that I can send to a manufacturer? because my first drawing was on a, a prayer journal and it, it literally was the shape of a boot and I took a pink highlighter and colored the bottom of the boot. Oh no, yeah. like a stick man. Exactly, it was a boot <laughs> stick man. I was like, I can't send this to my manufacturer. No. And so she said, yes. So we did a couple phone calls. I sketched out some designs, told her kind of the, the shape of the embroidery that I liked and- all three of my designs has taken two tries and she's gotten exactly what exactly. I've seen in my head. Wow. And you found this woman on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn. But it's because I was I was actively searching. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, a, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, but not really, but I need to be, right? I still need to be on yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm not super active on it, but right. it was just, she popped up on a someone you might know thing. And I just saw tech pack and fashion design. I was like, huh. I need something like that because I cannot, I can't hardly sketch to save my life. So I put together mood boards and I draw whatever I can. And then I have to get on the phone with her and explain what my drawings are supposed to be, (laughs) not what I've actually sketched. And she actually helps put them together. And like I said, it takes two tries and she's got it. I'm like, that's exactly how I saw it. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. You know, it's amazing too. And I, I wish that I had known this in my younger self, but I tried to do everything. I would be the one that would draw it 
just do try to do everything yeah. because I was, I can't afford it or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. My husband says it hires people smarter than you are and stay in your lane. Yeah. Stay in your lane. I yeah. mean, if, if I'm not going to do my accounting at all, yeah. ever, you know what I mean? So yeah. you, you reached out and, and it worked out and it worked out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is amazing. So did I read, uh, but I, you said they're manufactured in Mexico, Mexico. Yeah. but did I read Texas? What? No, no, no. no. Okay. So it's Mexico. And yep. again, you just found, is that like when you're finding a manufacturer, is it like shopping for the best price? And so my story in finding a manufacturer was I didn't know where to start. So I started with a Google search of boot manufacturers. Dr. Google. Dr. Google. <laughs> I sent out over 400 emails to anyone that was in the Western manufacturing, boot manufacturing, leather manufacturing. I got one response back out of that, ended up sending them my tech pack. The boot came back horrible. So I had to go back to square one. I went back to square one, re-emailed everybody I could find, except just asked for a referral instead of, are you open to manufacturing a new Mm -hmm. boot line? Got one more contact and sent the tech pack to them. The boot came back horrible. And so I finally decided I'm just going to walk a Western show and go walk around and ask one of these boot brands if they would produce my boots for me. And I met this lady, um, her name's Ladane and I call her my little angel because I saw her boots and I was like, would you guys be open to manufacturing a new line? I've got an idea for a new boot I want to launch. And she said, well, um, I don't do the manufacturing, but I can introduce you to who they are. And she made an introduction for me. They refused to meet with me because, of course, I was some no name. They had never heard. With I was pink hair. With pink hair, <laughs> literally. Oh, no. And they just pushed me off and pushed me off. And I finally booked a meeting with one of their competitors to do a, a facility tour just a tour of the facility. Oh, wow. And I emailed them and said, I've booked a meeting with named the competitor. Mm-hmm. And I said, so if you're not willing to meet with me, you may miss out on millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And they said, we've got a 30 minute time slot this day to this time. You're kidding. I drove nine hours one way. No way. <laughs> for the 30 minute meeting that, and I didn't, all I had was the sketches, the tech pack drawing at the time. And they ended up with a handshake agreement that they would be willing to Mm-mm. produce the line. Oh, my goodness. And it worked. And it worked. And you're happy. So happy. They're so, amazing. So, okay, forgive my ignorant question, but a tech pack. So when these when they, when they these manufacturers gave you the sample and mm-hmm. it was no go for you, it's not what you wanted, did you have to pay for that? Is that a... Yes, you do. I so, did. Ugh. So I'm, I'm just trying to... I still pay to, for my samples to this day, even do. though I'm producing them with a the manufacturer, I still have to pay for the samples. Is that amazing? Yeah. So the investment... For them. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> That's it's great for them. for them. You know, um, and... So, and I, when I'm talking on podcasts, I want to make sure I'm reaching the people that have that idea. Yeah. What goes into that idea? I mean, and unfortunately you worked, um, overworked a job 
to create your dream and your vision. Mm -hmm. So it takes money to do that too. It it really does, depending on the product. Because if you have an idea for a jewelry line, well, to get that manufactured in India or China, wherever you're going to get that made, I mean, they may cost you 20 cents a necklace and, you know, you retail them for Mm $11.99. Boots, way more expensive. Just a little bit. I said, why did I start with something so expensive? Why go? I'm like, I need to come out with a line of toothbrushes or something. (laughs) Exactly. The cheap way. So I, once upon a time, I wanted to package my um, salsa recipe. Oh yeah. My mom and I had, uh, have a salsa recipe and I just wanted to package it. And the, the actual packaging, the jar was more expensive than the ingredients. And, um, the same thing I had a spice rub. I have it. I have a spice rub. They were like, dilute it with salt. Everyone I talked to dilute it with salt. No, that's not my, that's not my recipe. Exactly. Because why I'm like, why would you dilute it with salt? Make it cheaper Mm -hmm. because the packaging costs more than ingredients. So I learned so much and I went, well, I guess I won't do that. But, but you know what I mean? And so I, it squished my dreams for a little bit, but you know what? It was time. You know what I mean? That wasn't supposed to be my deal. But, um, so Texie Boots, so your, your online presence is amazing. How much, I'm just curious on this, what I gather, because I'm in this business now, influencers, does it help? It helps so much. Does it? You really have to reach beyond yourself because before I was doing all my own photo shoots because, well, A, didn't want to have to pay for a model. B, I love having my picture taken and C, (laughs) it was a chance for me to play dress up for the day. Exactly. Who doesn't want to do that? But my Instagram was just all these photos of me and I'm like, I'm so tired of seeing myself in these photos. And so, um, I started creating a network of, I call them Texie girls and, you know, they're the influencers that are out there doing photo shoots. And, and the coolest thing is, is I started with some of them before they even were big influencers, Mm -hmm. just, you know, believing in them and and the beginning stages of what they're doing. And now they're some of the biggest influencers in the Western industry. Is that amazing? And yeah, I've helped some of them create vision boards and now they've landed covers of magazines. And I know that is amazing. It's been really cool to watch that. Just that shift of, I like micro influencers who are not yet influencer influencers. That would be me. <laughs> but they're, they're so passionate. Yes. And they're in the trenches. You can almost uh, smell the smoke of battle on them mm-hmm. because they're out there hustling. They're working so hard. That to me, that, that belief and that hope and that vision that they have is so much more powerful. I feel like it aligns so much more with the brand than, you know, someone who thinks they're all that in a bag right. of chips and right. you'll be lucky if I send you one photo. Right. I want them to really feel special and feel a part of the mm-hmm. brand. So. Abs- I love hearing that because you're right. You know, I am down. I, I, I guess a micro influencers, five to 10,000 probably. And that's where I am right now. And it's, it is you know, I worked hard and was on flights and did all these things, but I have never worked harder for myself yeah. as I have in the past year. I mean, wow. I've been busting it. Yeah. And you know, for me, I don't know. Um, I don't, 
I didn't even have an Instagram and I have three cookbooks. I have three cookbooks and people go, oh my goodness, what's your Instagram? I don't have one, but I have a Facebook. <laughs> my dad's on it. So <laughs> my daughter said, you know, you should do it. I said, you know what? When I do it, I'm going to do it right. Yeah. We started last May, April, May, and here we are, you know? And so, but I, it's, it's, it was having people like yourself yeah. that believed in me and and Audrey Dollins and yeah. my Hillary Hamilton, my producer, Paul, just that I needed a team yeah. together that, because I didn't know what I was doing. Totally. You know, I didn't. None of us do when we're just starting. <laughs> it's like, what? what is that? And I'm, you know, I'm learning. You know, we, we, I asked you what we were, you know, we talked about what we should talk about it and asked you about social media, you know, and you were saying, I'm not, not really savvy on it yeah. or that's not my deal, but. It is the way of the world right I now, know. you know, it's just I amazing. Know. I mean, yeah. a little too much probably, but I mean, I, I knew who you were when I walked in because I've seen so many pictures of you <laughs> and the, and vice versa, you know, but, yeah. but it is the way of the world. But I love hearing that because we are in the trenches and yep. so excited for any brand deals. And, you know, this is the time, say with the micro influencers, this is the time because it's all you right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yes. the people that I'm dedicating my time to. And yeah. um, we, again, we did a photo shoot this morning and it was, I just, I just want to tear up because the pink souls were working it at the Aww. modern museum of art in Fort Worth. Oh my gosh. That's going to yes. look amazing. Oh my gosh. It was fabulous. Thank you. Modern and Kimball. Oh my goodness. But anyway, so just, so how long have you, how long have you had a boot in your hand that you could sell someone? <laughs> Three wow. years. Three years. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I think it's three, two and a half or three years. And but you're you've thought about this since you were nineteen, 19 years, years old. old. And I'm thirty-two now. Oh my gosh. It takes time, people. It yeah. takes time. Isn't yeah. that amazing? And if you have that fire, it's never gonna die. No matter how much you try to ignore it, overwhelm yourself so you don't think about it, it will still it will burn you until you start chasing it. Yes. You know, um, I had someone reach out to me on direct message on Instagram, one of my followers, and she was asking me, how did you write a book? How did you? And I told her at the, at the phase of my career, it was, I was in, it was spokesperson positions. I was doing television, radio, and I had my agent said, you've got to write a book. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a burning passion for me to write a book, yeah. but yes, we, I wrote three books. We got oh that. My gosh, that's amazing. Yes. I, oh, geez. Three books done. And Fabulous. I think, thanks, you know, so thankful. But this woman said to me, I have a book inside me. Yeah. But I need a publisher. I went, no, write your book. Yeah. She's like, no, 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 no. She was so um, intimidated and nervous. And how do I do it? I went, get it out of you. Yeah. It's, it's in your body and you get that book out of your soul. And yeah. You'll, you'll figure out how to publish it, self publish or, you know, just totally. like you, you will figure it out just like you. And I, and I don't know where you are. I hope you're listening and following because get that book out of your soul. Yeah. Get that product out of your soul for sure. Right. Yep, absolutely. All right. Talk to me about vision boards. Oh my gosh. I'm the biggest fan of vision boards. Okay. Tell me I need one. <laughs> so I, I started my vision boards in my head. Yeah. You get gotta, it out. Gotta get it out. Get it out of you. Um, at 18 years old, I started my first vision board. And at first I thought the idea was so hokey, like these people cutting pictures out of, you know, the Lamborghinis and, you know, the jet planes and all these nice things that they wanted. And put it up and you're supposed to just manifest all these. I, like, I just thought the idea of it was right. comical until I started doing it. And 
then things started happening. And what you keep before your eyes, you eventually behold. And I literally, now I'm driving the dream car that I had on my vision board since I was 18. I launched the boot line that I had on my vision board since I was 18. Um, This is actually the second dream car that I've had since then. My Paris trip that was on my vision board, I went to Paris. Like what you put before you, you, the world just starts working in your favor to bring those things to pass. It's, I think it's called like the reticular activating system in your mind. Like once you see something, all of a sudden it's like when you get a new car, then all of a sudden you start seeing that same car everywhere. What you're looking at daily your brain goes into overdrive to try to figure out how to bring those things into your life. I love it. That is great. It makes it attainable. It's very powerful. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So what's on your vision board right now? (laughs) I've got lots of things. Some things I can't share. Okay. But um, I need to put the triplet boys back up there because I still really want triplet boys. You do? Yeah. Do you have children? No, no kids yet. You have peanut. Your Pomeranian, Peanut, my Pomeranian that was in the studio with us, but didn't <laughs> <He's>, like Paul. <laughs> he's practically a child. Oh, no. Did you fly? You flew with him, of course. I flew with him. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So he sits on my lap. He's a good boy. Uh, so I have covers of magazines. So it's a dream of mine to be on the cover of Vogue. I'm just going to put that onto the universe as crazy as that sounds right now. You hear now. that, Vogue? <laughs> you heard it on my podcast. <laughs> and um, I've got Glamour magazine up there to be on the cover of that. I've got the Forbes self, um, made women in America, the wealthiest self-made women. I said, if Susie can make that list, I can make that list one day too. Um, to the date of the recording this podcast, we still haven't hit our first million dollars in sales for taxi boots. So I've got a million dollars up there. Um, new styles of boots that I want to launch. I've got those up there. Can't wait to see Every style that hasn't come out yet is up on my vision board. So um, I guess you'd have to sign an NDA before you ever came on my boat. (laughs) Seeing all the new stuff. (laughs) Right, exactly. Be quiet. Yes. Um, So those are just a few of the things that are up there. So is it in a certain place in your home or in your office? So I live on a sailboat. Oh, that's right. (laughs) I knew that. Yes. So on our sailboat um, in our bedroom, we've got one of the windows up ahead of us. So we had everything taped, um, up on that window. And then I was like, man, we only really see this at morning and at night. So I took everything out and put it in our little, uh, kitchen area. Mm-hmm. So it takes up a, a whole window. Okay. Oh, and I do have a jet plane full of dogs, a private jet full, <laughs> full of, dogs. of dogs. So I believe I will manifest that one day. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's fabulous. Okay. I read, I believe in your, one of your blog posts that you live on a sailboat. Now, was Adam, your husband, living on the sailboat before you? He was. Did that, then you go, I don't know about that. You know, after knowing someone two weeks and saying, yes, I will marry you, you're not really thinking through. (laughs) No. (laughs) Your mom. (laughs) Your mother. My mother is a saint. Yes, she is. (laughs) Uh, so the idea of living on a sailboat is great. The reality of it is very different. So it's a three bedroom sailboat. It's like a 34 foot foot catamaran. Larger than some homes. So yeah, I mean, well, not really, but (laughs) it's about the size of the closet that I used to have in Chicago. Oh my God. But yeah, in New York, maybe. Um, Do do you stay docked or, I mean, y'all 
we're, just, I'm ignorant here. So yeah, we're docked because I mean, it's basically our house and I have it decorated in there. Wow. So if we wanted to take it sailing, we'd have to like take everything down and I see. Yeah. Okay. So we're saving up for a house right now to move back to Texas. So really? Yeah. So hopefully in the next year or two, we'll be back here in Texas in a home where and I have, have no a water. bath. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never take a bathtub for granted again. Oh, I bet. I bet. Okay. But Adam, your husband's from Tennessee. He's from Tennessee. But Texas is your dream. Texas has always been my dream. Do y'all have a town or an area that you, you don't mean? Uh, I want to kind of be in between Longview, East Texas and Dallas. Dallas right. I want to be closer to Dallas just because there's easy flights. Sure. And I mean, it's, it's Dallas. Right. Yeah. And they're shopping. And, but yeah. I like the idea of just having a peaceful, still, quiet life. Sure. And because uh, usually my life is oh. pretty fast paced. Right. And so I, I want to live in the country, get yeah. some acreage, let the kids go explode things in the backyard. And <laughs> can't do that. Here. I'm obviously not a mom yet. <laughs> no, no, not yet. Not yet. She may think differently when she has little boys. Her triplets, right? Yeah. Boy triplets. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So what I'm excited, I hope I get to go to the, the Heart and Soul Conference in 2020. So it's in November in Addison. Yeah. So tell me about that because your your theme this year is a decade of dreams. And of course, yes. I didn't know you last year. So last year was your first, was it your launching year last year? No, 2018, right? No, we're just in a new decade. So okay. I wanted to call the conference the decade of okay, dreams. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So tell us about who's invited, yeah. who, who would go? Yeah. So it's surprisingly, I originally was inviting women, any girl who had a dream to do something bigger with her life, she should be at this conference because we're going to teach tangible tips on things like we talked about now, how to grow your social media account, how to build a business while remaining balanced and make your mental health a priority, how to actually launch a product into retail stores. Um, we're going to have a marketing and branding panel. So my first conference, I marketed it to women because I thought that's who would want to attend the heart and soul conference. We had so many guys show up. So really? this year it's open to male or female. I say anyone that has a dream to do something bigger with your life, this is the event for you. And I know that sounds broad because it is, but one of the main things we're going to talk about is how to revise your life, how to, to have revision to then be able to envision mm -hmm. the life that you want. And you've got to release what's wrong for you to open up your life to everything that's meant for you. Mm -hmm. And so that's what this conference is really. We're going to just let go of the past, shave off all of the crap yes. that we've all carried with us, let it go and start chasing and make this 2020 decade or whatever you call it, the decade of our dreams coming true. I love that. That's what I want to do. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> Vision board. Oh my goodness. Yes. So it's in November and where it. So it? it's November 21st. It's going to be at the Addison Theater and Conference Center Fun. in Addison, Texas. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's free parking and yeah, it'll be a really great That's event. a small town girl putting that together with no parking, or, you know, all that's fun. Yeah. Fun, the fun stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. So going, when you, when you, when you. You seem to be, to me, I mean, you just, I know you had a breakdown when you lost your job. Yeah. Do you ever allow self-doubt to come into your mind? I mean, does it, is that a thing for you? So I think 
daily entrepreneurs struggle with self-doubt. Um, I think it's just which voice is louder. And you know what? Some days the voice of self-doubt is louder than the voice of resilience. And even though, you know what I mean? I podcast every day. I read every day. I exercise to get my brain in the framework of, you know, accomplishment and keeping my body healthy. Like you can do so many things, but there are bad days. Mm -hmm. And I think what a lot of people make the mistake of doing is then they live in that guilt and shame of, oh, I'm not going to be successful. Oh, I don't know how to do it. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I'm not good enough. But what you have to do if you're an entrepreneur is realize those days are going to come. Just get up the next day and try your best. Right. All you can do every day is wake up and, and try your best. And some days you will fail, but that doesn't mean it's the end of your story. It just means you may need to take a day and it's okay to rest. Like you don't have to make yourself guilt, feel guilty. Right. Like sometimes that's the best thing that you can do is just take a day where you plan absolutely nothing and you just rest and let yourself be creative Right. and boredom is where you create. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we schedule ourselves so tight. We don't allow any room for creativity. Right. I would encourage every entrepreneur to book a day where you book nothing, nothing and see what happens just from that day and allow yourself the freedom to do that. Oh, absolutely. And you know, this, during this time that we've been home, yes, <laughs> you know, there's Lots of creation. There's a available. lot there is. And you know, um, I had a friend ask me the other day, she goes, oh my gosh, how are you every day going and, and creating and, you know, just, I was at home, so I developed more recipes and yeah. did more stories and did all these things. And, you know, for me, I was like, you know, um, starting a new business a year ago and then this, but you can't stop. I yeah. mean, and we swore, Paul and I, my producer and I, I said, every Tuesday, this podcast will come out. I don't know how we're going to do it, self-quarantine, yeah. but I could, thank goodness, he, we, we had, a, we could get it. I could get up here and be quarantined from him, but there was a few short weeks, but we just knocked out as many as we could. Yeah. I'm like, we are not going to stop having this podcast on Tuesday. Yeah. It's not happening. Yeah. I mean, no, no one way we, you know, I mean, it may, it may be hit and miss, but People are starting to drive again. Yeah. Podcasts are starting. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so wh where do you listen to your podcasts? When you're walking, exercising or? Exercising. Exercising. Yeah. So, yeah. So if I go for a run, I'm podcasting. Wow. Or if I'm driving, your drive time is like a university on freaking wheels. Yes. Like that you can learn so much just on a commute to and from work. Exactly. And that's my, that's how I podcast and listen yeah. when I'm in the car. It's just so amazing how people, and then my friend was saying, oh, I walk or I run or, or yeah. work out. It's just. So made just listen, everyone. I mean, it is, and the the car on university in the car is fabulous. So. Yeah. Well, I am so excited to meet you. I'm just so in awe of your <laughs> your. I mean, just from an athlete to you're obviously still an athlete, of course. Keep in shape. That you know that does the trick. Have you played volleyball lately? No, no, I miss it. Do you? It's one of those sports that unless the people are good, it's not fun to play. <laughs> and it's hard to just randomly find people that are going to volleyball. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you don't regret that decision at all. I don't. You know, I wish I would have 
there's a part of me that's like, what would have been like to finish sure. my four years? Mm-hmm. But the same year that I would have graduated college, I was quitting my corporate job. And so wow. I can look back and say, I made the right decision. <laughs> oh my goodness. And meeting Adam and the yeah. love of your life. Yeah, and he's amazing. I know. I, I can see it in your eyes when you say it. So mom, it was a good thing. <laughs> it was a good thing, that Vegas wedding. So, Okay. Tell us your Instagram again. Uh, at Texie Boots, T-E-X-I, and then Boots, plural. And you have the pink bottom sole. Yep. And we sole. are just, I'm so excited to be part of your community now. Thank and you. Thank you so much. And everyone, thank you so much for listening and watching. If you are watching on YouTube, please do me a huge favor. Please rate and review this podcast. And everyone, follow me at Tiffany C. Blackman. You'll see me in Texie Boots here in a week or two. I can't wait. Kennedy and I will. And follow me on Facebook as well. And everyone, stay safe and keep being fabulous. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. (laughs) 